The Mahabharata, Chapter 28, Pashupata. In the beginning of their stay in the forest, Bhima and Draupadi used on occasions to argue with Yudhishthira. They would plead that only righteous anger befitted a Kshatriya and that patience and forbearance under slights and insults were not worthy of him. They would quote weighty authorities and argue vehemently in support of their contention. Yudhishthira would firmly reply that they should abide by the promise they had made and that forbearance was the highest virtue of all. Bhima was burning with impatience to win back the kingdom. He thought it unworthy of warriors to continue to dwell tamely in the forest. Bhima said to Yudhishthira, You speak like those who repeat Vedic mantras and are satisfied with the sound of the word through though ignorant of their meaning. Your intellect has, has become confused. You are born as a Kshatriya and yet you do not you do not think or behave like one. You've become a Brahmana by, by temperament. <laughs> you know, the scriptures enjoin on a Kshatriya's sternness and enterprise. We should not let the wicked sons of Dhritarashtra have their way. Vain is the birth of a Kshatriya who does not conquer his deceitful enemies. This is my opinion. And to me, if we go to hell... By killing a deceitful foe, such hell is heaven. Hmm. Your forbearance burns us worse than fire. It scorches Arjuna and myself day and night, making us sleepless. Those miscreants have seized our kingdom by fraud. They're enjoying it while you lie torpid like a gorged python. You say that we should abide by a promise. How can the world-renowned Arjuna live incognito? Hmm? Can the Himalayas be hidden under a handful of grass? Hmm? How can the lion-hearted Nakula and Sahadeva live in hiding? Can the famous Draupadi walk about unrecognized by others? <sighs> Even if we do these impossible things, the sons of Dhritarashtra will find out through their spies. Hence, this promise of ours is impossible of performance. It has been put on us merely to thrust us out again for another 13 years. The Shastras too support me when I say that a filched promise is no promise. A handful of grass thrown to a tired bull ought to be enough as expiation for breaking such a promise. You should resolve to kill our enemies immediately. There is no higher duty for a Kshatriya. Bhima was never tired of pressing his view. Draupadi also would refer to the dishonour she had suffered at the hands of Duryodhana, Karna, Dushashana and would quote authorities from the scriptures that would give Yudhishthira anxiety to think. 
he would sometimes answer with trite maxims of politics and refer to the relative strength of the parties. He would say, Our enemy has such adherents as Bhurishravas, Bhishma, Drona, Karna and Ashwatthama. Duryodhana and his brothers are expert in warfare. Many feudatory princes as well as mighty monarchs are now on their side. Bhishma and Drona indeed have no respect for Duryodhana's character, but will not give him up and are prepared to sacrifice their lives on his side in the battlefield. Karna is a brave and skillful fighter, well versed in the use of all the weapons. The course of war is unpredictable and success is uncertain. There is no use in being hasty. Thus Yudhishthira managed with difficulty to restrain the impatience of the younger Pandavas. Later, as advised by Vyasa, Arjuna went to the Himalayas to practice austerity for the purpose of getting new weapons from the Devas. Arjuna took leave of his brothers and went to Panchali to bid her farewell. She said, O Dhananjaya, may you prosper in your mission. May God give you all that Kunti Devi hoped and wished for when you were born. The happiness Life, honour and prosperity of all of us depend on you. Return after acquiring new weapons. Thus, Panchali sent him forth with auspicious words. Arjuna passed through dense forests, reached the mountain of Indrakila where he met an old Brahmana. The ascetic smiled, spoke affectionately to Arjuna. Child, you are clad in armour, carrying weapons. Who are you? Weapons are of no use here. What do you seek in this garb of a Kshatriya, in this abode of ascetics and saints? who have conquered anger and passion. That Brahmana was Indra, the king of gods, who came to have the pleasure of meeting his son. Arjuna bowed and said, I seek arms, bless me with weapons. Indra replied, O Dhananjaya, what is the use of weapons? Ask for pleasures or seek to go to higher worlds for enjoyment. Arjuna, recognizing his father, said, O king of gods, I do not seek pleasures of higher worlds. I've come here after leaving Panchali and my brothers in the forest. I seek but weapons. The thousand-eyed said, if you be blessed by the vision of the god Shiva, the three-eyed god, and obtain his grace, you will receive divine weapons. Do penance unto Shiva. Thus saying, Indra disappeared 
Then Arjuna went to the Himalayas and did penance to obtain the grace of Shiva. Shiva, under the guise of a hunter and accompanied by his divine spouse Uma Devi, entered the forest in pursuit of game. The chase grew fast and furious, and presently a wild boar started charging Arjuna, who shot an arrow into it with his Gandiva at the same moment that the hunter Shiva transfixed it with a shaft from Pinaka, his bow. Arjuna, in a loud voice, asked, Who are you? Why are you ranging in this forest with your wife? How dare you shoot at the game I had aimed at? The hunter replied as though in contempt. This forest full of game belongs to us who live in it. You you do not look tough enough to be a forester. Your limbs and bearing bespeak a soft, luxurious life. It is rather for me to ask what you are doing here. He also added that it was his shaft that had killed the boar and that if Arjuna thought differently, he was welcome to fight about it. Nothing could please Arjuna better. He jumped up, showered snake-like arrows at Shiva. To his amazement, they seemed to have no effect on the hunter and fell back hurtless like storm-driven rain from a mountain peak. When he had no more arrows, Arjuna started to strike Shiva with his bow. But the hunter seemed not to heed it and wrenched with ease the bow out of Arjuna's hand and burst into laughter. Arjuna, who had been disarmed with humiliating ease by one who seemed an ordinary hunter of the forest, was struck with amazement, almost amounting to doubt. But nothing daunted, he drew his sword and continued the combat. The sword was shivered to pieces on the hunter's adamantine frame. There was now nothing to do but to grapple with the formidable unknown. But here again he was outmatched. The hunter caught him in an iron clasp so close that Arjuna was quite helpless, worsted and overmastered. Arjuna humbly sought divine aid, meditated on Shiva, and as he did so, a light broke on his troubled mind. And at once he knew who the hunter really was. He fell at the feet of the Lord and, in a broken voice of repentance and adoration, he prayed for forgiveness. <laughs> I, I forgive you said Shiva smilingly and gave him back Arjuna's Gandiva as well as the other weapons of which he had been deprived. He also bestowed 
on Arjuna the marvelous Pashupata weapon. Arjuna's body battered in the unequal combat was made whole, perfect by the divine touch of the three-eyed God and became a hundredfold stronger and more brilliant than before. Mm. Now, go to heaven and render dutiful respect to your father Indra, said Shiva and vanished from view like the setting sun. Arjuna was overcome with joy and exclaimed, <laughs> Have I really seen the Lord face to face and have I been blessed with his divine touch? What more do I need? At that moment, Matali, the charioteer of Indra, came there with his chariot and took Arjuna to the kingdom of the gods. Yatra Yogeshwara Krishno Yatra Partho Dhanurtara Tatra Sri Vijayo Bhutir Dhruvani Tirma Tirmima